Craft Beer Radio, episode 313, on December 13th, 2014. Oh, I feel dirty already. <laughs> Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Uh, <laughs> Hi. Hi. We, we picked that song because it, it is really the Christmas song that I hate the most. Yeah. I just can't handle that song. We are your hosts. I'm Gre- Greg Weiss. He's... Who are you again? I'm Jeff Bear. That's right. Yes. And we are... Well, it's getting to be that time of year. Winter's coming. It's cold outside. So you know what that means. IPAs. We found ourselves with a fridge full of IPAs. We gots to drink them. That's kind of how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Well, so do you want to do the comparison first? This is a classic original IPA, like from the 1800s, right? So yeah. I think we should probably do that first because it right. is not going to be a West Coast IPA. I'd be shocked if it is, right? So I think we really need to start here. Ballantine. India Pale Ale. This was sent to us by... Uh, now, it's Ballantine beer, but it's, it's technically Pabst, right? Yeah, Pabst Brews it, yeah. They just relaunched the brand. They uh, haven't made it in a while. I'm not sure exactly when they stopped making it. I remember when I was getting into craft beer, maybe as recent as six or seven years ago, there was a case of Ballantine at the beer distributor, now, whether it was a Ballantine Pale Ale or an India Pale Ale, mm. I don't know. On the Ballantine label, the India is not really near the Pale Ale. So I'm not sure what I remember seeing back in the day on what that beer was or who made it. So uh, it was originally aged for over a year in oak barrels, but their innovative proprietary brewing method ensures that every drop of Ballantine IPA comes into contact with American oak. So it's aged in oak not barrels, but probably, you know, oak staves and stuff. Yeah, so traditionally it was probably kind of like a union barrel thing. Mm-hmm. Not not a bourbon barrel, but, you know, like how Firestone Walker does union jack. It was probably something in a process like that. 7.2% alcohol by volume. 70 IPUs. All right. So it smells. Beer pours uh, a nice bronzy orange. It's uh, fairly cloudy. Um, you can see your finger through the glass. You can see the outline of your finger through the glass. Has a uh, nice head. Nothing too distinct about it. It's kind of your average beer head. Nice kind of cascade orange like aroma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, orange, it's a fair amount of pithiness in the aroma. Smells like there's a decent kind of um, French bread kind of yeastiness mm-hmm. underneath. The hops are a little more than just straight up orange. I'm trying to dial in on it. There's something that's a little more. I don't know. Let me see. So it says it's both dry hopped and includes hop oils imported directly from the UK. Okay. It doesn't smell very. Uh, English in the hops, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have those more earthy notes. It has some more, you know, so it has the fruity notes. It has a little bit of spice or pininess to it, I guess. It uh, It's not a slouch on the hop aroma, though. No, and there's a little... When, Sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying when, you know, you get this beer for the first time and it's this classic IPA, yeah. you know, that IPAs have come so far 
from the classics. Um, you're just wondering. Like, remember when we had New Albion Ale? Yeah. Right? And that one really, you could see its age and how much the, the beer industry, the beer market and our palates have advanced past that one. Where this one, the aromas, doesn't smell like that, right? Yeah, it, it smells pretty spot yeah. It actually smells very similar to, I just had some Big Eye IPA recently, and okay. it smells very similar to that. It's almost a little graham cracker in the aroma as well. Has a good malt backbone to it. Oh yeah, you know it has. Um, yeah, I mean you get a little bit of hops, but then the malt really comes through, and the and the flavor, the malt really, I think, is the main thing you're looking at. And then the hops give it some accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really bitter late in the aftertaste, um, and the bitterness kind of tastes a little more green, a little more fresh hopped. You know, it's it's a little more prickly. You know. Kind of in the scratchy in the back of your throat, like a harvest ale does. Yeah, it's a very toasty malt. It has mm, some. I'm gonna have to take another sip of that. It's very interesting. <laughs> Orange, French bread. Mm-hmm. You know, like crusty bread. Um, more orange. I, I believe there are some English, English hops in here because I'm thinking okay. of tasting some uh, something that that is continental in terms of where it's coming from. It's a little little piney. Okay. But it, it's a if it was really made like this, this is a pretty. I mean, it, it's definitely more towards the English spectrum, but being you know malt heavy. But it's uh, it's a very good IPA. Have to find some old timers who who know yeah. what it tasted like, uh, and I'm not sure exactly how long it's been since it's been mm-hmm. brewed at Ballantine because I'm pretty sure when I saw it at the beer distributor, and when, I, bit- when I saw a Ballantine ale mm-hmm. at the distributor, whether it was India or not, um, I'm pretty sure some other brewery was making it. It wasn't the original brewer. There's definitely oakiness coming through here as well. There's a little bit of vanilla. There's a little bit of um, kind of woody after. I think that that's adding that bitterness at the end is a kind of woody stuff as well. You know, not it. it I don't mm-hmm. know how, how charred it is, but there's not a lot of bourbon coming through. But that's okay. Well, it's probably it's probably so. I'm guessing it's like I said earlier. It's probably mm-hmm. a union barrel, right? So the barrels are used many, many times. Right, so that you don't get that huge oak thing, and when they bring new barrels into production, I'm sure they bring in a few at a time and then blend out the the fresh oak flavor of the barrels into a more a more neutral thing. Um, yeah, this is quite a good beer. I didn't mean to sound too surprised there, but you know, you never know when you're getting yeah, something like this. You're getting an older beer, not really sure. So it looks like they uh, they relaunched it in 2014. Uh, the master brewer at Pabst, Greg Deuce, begins experimenting with recreating historic Ballantine IPA in 2012. Just reading, they have the, the, mm-hmm. this interesting website they have. You can take a look at the history behind it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd say it's probably questionable as to whether this was the original. Mm-hmm. It's probably sort of a refined version of it, but it definitely holds up well to. to IPAs today, I would say this yeah. is a yeah, it's very, 
very good drinker. If you, especially if you like the more English style, you like a more malt mm-hmm. forward yeah. IPA. This is a good example. Yeah, yeah, I'm digging it too. I was just trying to figure out like how I wanted to phrase this. It was I was thinking something along the lines of, you know, even for many American-made English-style IPAs, generally they're not this hoppy. Yeah, yeah. So this one, like I said, it's no slouch. It's not scaled back. It's not uh, watered down. It's 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 there. Now it's not. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have. A bunch of experimental hop notes and things like that that you find. It doesn't have these huge high alpha hops, I don't believe. Uh, but that's to its, you know, to its credit that it, it, it does well with a mm-hmm. pretty um, uh, classic recipe. Now we got a fancy wooden box now. Mm. Yeah, it came in this in this green uh, green painted wooden box with straw on the inside. You know, sort of traditional. Yeah, it looks like a crate, right? Mm-hmm. Put that beside our Sierra Nevada 30th anniversary box. <laughs> well, very cool. Thank you, Paps slash Ballantine, for providing the sample. That was good. More IPAs. Here we go. All right. So, what do you think? We did an enjoy by before, but it's in the episode that got lost. So we decided to do it again. That's a good idea. I actually, I forgot that it was lost. Uh, the first time, Stone sent us a bottle of it. But this time, we purchased the bottle. This is the Enjoy by the Day After Christmas, the 122614. Mm. So Enjoy by is the whole point is that you're supposed to drink them by that date. I mean, it's right, right. there on the label. Right. Very... I mean, they went a step further. Instead of having a tiny little laser etch, mm-hmm. right? They make it the centerpiece of the label. We talked about this. Well, it was all lost, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about whether it's marketing or not. Because part of the thing that Stone does is they do not allow retailers to sell it once it's past its label. It's, it's you know, protecting your brand. It maybe adds a little bit of mystique about the beer, mm-hmm. you know, that you're going to be so strict that you're not going to let it get sold. A lot of people complain because, of course, the beer's going to be fine. Um but basically, the beer is on a platform where it says, drink it now, dumbass, <laughs> right? And so, And you can't do it any more clearly than naming the beer, drink it before. Well, I mean, technically, the beer is buy it now because it won't be sold after that point. You could still save it, right? I mean, you could. Well, but that's why they made this label, yeah, right? Because right. they could just make it, you know, they could make it the label more... Generic and pull it off the shelves. I forget what conclusion we came to, but I definitely think there's a marketing component to it, right? I mean, there's there's a part sure. of um, forcing it into a rare beer situation. It gets but, wider and wider. It's it's yeah. more and more widely distributed. But I mean, they're you doing know, it so many times a year that uh, it's hardly not rare anymore. So. Yeah. So I mean, the question is, and. This this would be interesting. Do, do they change the enjoy by? Uh, do they change the recipe at all for different enjoy buys, or is it the same beer? That's well, I'm not sure. I tend to think it's the same beer. 
But uh, maybe we'll try to look that up while we're reviewing it here. So this is the Enjoy by 122614, 9.4% alcohol by volume, a double IPA, bottled on November 21st, 2014. Beer is golden. It's it's actually a really pretty gold. It's crystal clear. Light foamy head. The aroma, it, it it's a modern aroma right there. You're getting some more citrus. You're getting... Some orange and passion fruit. I'm getting a touch of onion, like a sweet onion in there. This is very interesting. There's mango. It's a note here. Uh, due to issues with our coating machine, a large number of bottles of Stone enjoyed by 122614 IPA were coated with dates that did not correctly communicate the beer's actual bottle on date. And in fact, it says here uh, November 13th, and it says there a 21st. So, okay, we got one of those bottles. Ooh, it's a collectible. <laughs> I'll be auctioning this off on the. Uh... There's a little bit of Dord in there, so they use some, you know, some I, high. I, really, I wasn't really getting Dord. Like I said, I don't know if you were listening too closely when you're reading. Uh, main things I'm getting are an orange, passion fruit, mango, a little bit of sweet onion. Yeah, that that sweet onion. Can go towards I don't know if Dord is, is maybe right, but maybe more of a durian type thing because <sighs> Greg Gates the durian. It, it's, Actually, it, I just had some durian candies this week, so it's really fresh in my mind what yeah. durian is. Because durian is like an onion gone terribly bad, or good, or good depends on your genetic yeah. makeup. Yeah, I don't know for sure whether durian is the same kind of thing as cilantro, but the way Greg reacts to it, I think it has to be. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised. So, mm, Yeah, there's definitely, like you said, the tropical notes. The flavor is much the same. It's actually a little, like, hollow spot in the front where I was expecting to get blasted with flavor. It's a little more hollow, like, you know, like, like a step and a half into the taste, I was expecting this fuller thing on them. I sitting on my tongue and it felt kind of light, and then like it kind of ramped up on the back end. Mm. There's some like apricot in the back. There's some mango. There's some interesting uh, sort of you know tropical fruitiness. Pineapple juice is more prevalent in the um, kind of like, you know pineapple juice in those little cans. You mm-hmm. know that kind of flavor. It's pretty prevalent in the in the flavor for me. Mm-hmm. But as you can tell, this thing's just citrusy all around, and we're just pulling out little nuances. Yeah, but it's a fun one to drink. There's a it's a good drinker. Lots of little things to look for. It's not terribly bitter. It's not overpowering. It is nine point four percent ABV. So. Yeah, it hides it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It, there's a there's two kinds of of high alcohol beers in terms of not hiding it the one kind is where you can taste the alcohol on it and the other kind is where you almost you you almost taste yourself going right away as soon as you start <laughs> drink a little bit like it feels like it gets to your system right. quicker uh neither of those are happening here it feels you know it's very hard to find i mean obviously your alcohol contributes to the flavor but it's not right. huge it's not a burning sensation and it doesn't really it didn't hit me in a way i feel like, like you have that main line right yeah <laughs> It's not like that uh, 
shot of heroin. Everyone no, it's it's not like that shot of heroin. Believe <laughs> everyone knows what that's like, right? Now they've made drinks with cocaine in them. Why can't they make drinks with heroin in them? <laughs> there you go. One of the uh, still getting fruits, but and a thing I got is kind of like a. You mentioned peach, right? No. Oh no. Okay, so I I, I just got this. But that's a good call. Super ripe, like yeah. almost almost not want to eat, like like starting to get flat. Like mm-hmm. if it's sitting in your fridge, it's starting to get flat, like that kind of peach flavor. Uh, not, not saying that that sounds disgusting, right? Because you normally wouldn't eat that peach. This isn't just really disgusting in the beer, but that's kind of right where it took me. I'd smell this super, super ripe peach. Yeah. And to me, it was more of a juicy, right on peach, but mm-hmm. um, more the outside of the peach than okay. the inside. So more of the. Yeah, I mean, to get real specific, mine was definitely the inside flesh, but like when it was starting to turn brown, right? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they should put that on the label, you know, Jeff Bear. <laughs> Delicious, like when peaches turn brown. <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. You have, according to this calculator here, we have 13 days, 5 hours, 57 minutes, and 6, 5, 4 seconds. Before your bottle spontaneously <laughs> self-destructs. That'd be awesome if they did that. If they just smoke comes out, <laughs> it would, you know they they primed it with just the right amount of yeast so that they knew turn the bottle it bombs. Turn the bottle bomb just that moment. They all just go. <laughs> this bottle will self destruct in thirteen days. They need e ink labels so it actually changes on the bottle. <laughs> that would be, I love that. I would so love that. I mean, an expensive bottle, but yes. man, it'd be a collectible. All right. Let's go for the two ballast points. Okay. So ballast point sent us uh, their Sculpin and their Grapefruit Sculpin. So let's compare. And they do another one. They do Habanero Sculpin. Oh. And I had it last Friday at lunch. It's pretty good. It it had a significant heat to it, but it didn't kill like all the great citrusy flavors. It was a really nice combination of flavors. All right. Well, that does sound good. Ballast Point is they're just recently in the Pittsburgh market, so uh, Ballast Point's you're thinking of Port Brewing, right? Ballast Point has been here. For I a thought little bit. they I thought they only recently came in. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I would say Ballast Point's been here the better part of a year. Okay. If not more. That's still pretty recent. The This is the regular Sculpin? This is regular, yeah. So Sculpin is a fish. Ugly fish. I mean, fish are not, do uh, you know any pretty fish? I mean, there's some. Yeah. I guess clownfish, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I didn't come prepared with my list of pretty fish. I'm sorry. But uh, they're not all hideous. This is like... Something that's made to look like rocks when it's sitting on the yeah. bottom of the ocean. So, I, I think it's I think it's a beautiful looking fish. I don't judge on that. Uh, <laughs> on, on, on just <laughs> on how sexy the fish is. So you care more about how it tastes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you seen monkfish? They are some <laughs> nasty looking things. Oh man, they taste good. All right. <clears throat> this is Scopin IPA, seven percent alcohol by volume. 
It is 70 IBUs. So it's a lot like the Dallas Flame. Or the Ballantine, rather. Uh, it, it looks almost exactly like the stone. It's another gold. It's a little more bronze than gold, yeah. I guess. A little bit bronzier. Um, also crystal clear. They hop at five separate stages, they say. So this is the second time we've had Sculpin on the show. It's we been had, a long time ago. It's yeah. been a long time. I mean, it was either... Um, it's probably Mike from San Diego probably sent us the first one. And uh, this would have been way back in the day, like one of our first beer deliveries from a fan. And I also remember Sculpin being quite unlike any other IPA we had had at the time, right? I'm not going to say it's going to be as earth-shaking today, but uh, when we first had it, holy cow, it kind of rocked my socks. It was a, it was a new level of hoppiness out that, way back then. The brewer's notes say, The sculpin fish has poisonous spikes on its fins that can give a strong sting. Ironically, the meat from a sculpin fish is considered some of the tastiest. I don't know if that's very ironic, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> something that has a sting but tastes great sounds like a ballast point in the appeal. Okay. So he's trying to say it, it hits you, so maybe it'll still hit us. Okay. So in the aroma main thing I'm getting, there's a little bit of citrusy, but the main thing I'm getting is something a little more sulfury on there. It's, uh, I wouldn't go doored. It doesn't have any kind of, um, yeah, any kind of that, you know, maybe we should have a little decoder key for what doored is. It's been a while since we've mentioned it. Doored is the, the aroma that is sometimes characteristic of biological functions, or at least a place where you go to a place that, that. Some of the terms we used to use for Dord were either cat pee or urinal. Yeah. Dord just sounds better. It's cooler. So, how, let's see. What, do you, what would I describe there? I guess it's kind of dank, right? It's kind of a little... Moist. I don't know if I go to musty, but maybe... I don't know. Your your tongue and nose are, are much more on point today than mine are. So okay, I'm going to defer I, to I, you. I hate to call onion twice in a show, but this one's a little oniony, not quite as sweet as the, uh, the onions I was getting in the stone. And I can tell that there's some fruitiness, some cit- like some citrus fruits, but they're kind of hiding behind these other two aromas, right? So we'll see if they come through in the flavor. Yeah, it does. It does smell like there's something behind a larger, you know. Yeah, there's something there, but I'm doing the whole tilt the glass and slowly turn it to coat the edges of the glass here. But really, that pulls out. Yeah, that I mean, it helps pull out a little bit of like pineapple. I think. I'm. Is it just me, or is it kind of shocking how similar these last two beers were? They're quite similar. I mean, the I think the stone was a lot brighter, right? A yeah. Lot, a lot more fresh fruits than, than this, but they are pretty similar, yeah. The mouth feels almost exactly the same. The, yeah, the stone one was a little... It's, it's a smaller beer, though, right? Yeah, this is seven versus nine, and the stone one felt a little bit more viscous, right? It had a little bit more mm-hmm. viscosity to it. Um, But, uh, you know, that pineapple thing is still there. Mm-hmm. The We're at 60.8 degrees right now. The general, I just it, it definitely feels. Some people might think that sixty degrees sounds a little warm. Um, not at all. 
some people might think, right? Because I'm sure that if you look at ballast point serving temperature suggestion, it's probably in the mid to high 40s. Right. And uh, But I think this thing is tasting pretty good at 60. It, the reason I checked is because it did taste warmer than the stone. Mm. Uh, it's in a smaller bottle, right? So it's going to heat up quicker than something with a larger mass, you know, that needs to equalize, so... I mean, it's it's good, but it feels like this stone, which is like a, a bigger mm-hmm. version of all these flavors. All, right. all the flavors were more expressed in the stone, with you know, in, in stronger ways and sort of in brighter mm-hmm. ways. So it kind of flight is hurting this beer a bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's still a very good beer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little Excuse more me. maltiness. There. There's a little bit more of a uh, undercurrent of kind of almost like a. Almost like a, a cinnamon roll or something. Something underneath there that's uh, you know malty and sweet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So the question is, how does grapefruit change this beer? So I'm looking to see what they add. In terms of the grapefruit, I don't see anything about how they add the grapefruit to it. They do say on the bottle, natural grapefruit flavors. So that can mean a variety of things. That could mean just a, uh, a grapefruit. Um, like, what am I thinking? The... Uh, like it's for the raspberry, was it the concentrate? The concentrate like oil, yeah, yeah. Uh, or it could be fresh grapefruit, or I mean, yeah, just the grape. I mean, really, that you would get the most flavor by putting in just a grapefruit rinds, because that's where all the essential oils yeah. are. You could zest it, right? Yeah, maybe some juice. I mean, I've had some beers with you know like grapefruit juice added to it. I think that's probably the way we're going to go here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, let's, let's drink it instead of speculating about it, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, the uh, grapefruit sculpin from Ballast Point. I mean, I, oh, okay, here it says right there, independent with grapefruit rind. So that's what they, okay. they, they threw grapefruit rind in there. So yeah, it's not a rattler. They don't just, you know, mix it mm-hmm. with the juice. Too bad we don't have the habanero one for you to try. I know, that was, that it does sound neat, like it'd be good. Definitely a neat beer. You can immediately smell that grapefruit on there right away. Oh yeah, and it's essential oils, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it smells like you know when you just slice into one, right? And you just get that whiff of of um, oh yeah, that that breakfast smell. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really bright. I I think that the Rhine is probably the best way to do this. I mean, I haven't tasted mm-hmm. it yet, but. I mean, thinking about it, I mean, mm-hmm. there's that's where all the essential oils are. If you just put flesh in there, there's really not as much flavor as there is in the rind. It's just we don't... Yeah, you get a lot of acidity yeah. for, from grapefruit, right? Where this is going to give you that grapefruit essence without mm-hmm. giving you a bunch of acidity and other things. The aroma really... It's really hard to smell anything other than the grapefruit <laughs> essence. 
in the aroma. It's pretty much all fresh grapefruit. But there's something sweet underneath it, I think, is what you could say, right? There's a little something there. Yeah, I suppose. It definitely has a Rattler type feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it it really it kicks up everything into another level of mm-hmm. the Sculpin, and without without really hurting the beer, but it does hide some of the other flavors in, in favor of the grapefruit because it's pretty strong, mm-hmm. but it's not very acidic, not super yeah. acidic. Yeah, it's not acidic, but it it does. I think some of the some of the bitterness from the hops and whatnot kind of replace the acidity, right? Yeah. And it, it it has a it tastes more like a, a beer cocktail than I would have anticipated. Yeah, right. It tastes like a IPA mixed with some grapefruit juice. It has a Rattler type feel to it. Um, so I mean, it's it, it's if you remember my conversations from the summer. Um, I was really hooked on shandies. I mm-hmm. I forget exactly what I said, but it was like, there's a lot of shandies out, and I really like shandy, apparently. <laughs> um, it, it just does, you know, for summertime, it's something that works for me. And I think, you know, even, I guess even in the wintertime now or late fall, it's still it working for me. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a time way back when we started where we would have been like, oh, no, just give me the beer. Don't give me anything added to it. And now I think we're we're much more into the idea of beer can go with a lot of things and you can do things to it to make it good. It'd be sort of like somebody who is, who loves, let's say, you know, Lou uh, loves whiskey, mm-hmm. but for him saying, oh, I'm never going to drink a cocktail because I just want to take the right, whiskey. Right. But it's, you know, come on, that's silly. Right, right. So, I mean... It's the kind of beer where you're not going to pontificate for hours about the nuances of the beer, right? Because it's it's not as while it's delicious and the flavors are mm-hmm. there, you're not able to really explore all the nooks and crannies of the beer, right? It's kind of you can tell that it's grapefruity, you can tell that it's probably an IPA. I'm not able to get much deeper than that though, but I'm enjoying I, I it. I think you know? we could analyze it, but. We just had the beer it's it's made from, so yeah, analyzing yeah. it is kind of uh, trying to go back. Well, yeah, trying to reverse engineer back to where we were, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's definitely an enjoyable drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of those beers where it's it's a great drinker. We just aren't able to fill ten minutes of, of descriptive time. So in order to fill some time, uh, we could say, "Hey, do you want to support us? If you do, you better do it quick one. because." You know, your Christmas Amazon shipping window is is closing quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do have the two-day prime shipping, but, you know, it gets a little backed up around the holidays, and I'm not sure how they... I don't think they guarantee the prime for everything. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of... There's definitely an Amazon shipping area, like, right near us, so we get stuff pretty quick. Uh, But there are places like that all around the country and the world. So how do you support us with this whole Amazon thingamajig that we're talking about? And that's easy. You do not go to Amazon.com. You never never go to Amazon.com. Every time that you start shopping, you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. I know it's more letters. 
If I could like get CBR.com, I would, but I don't have five hundred thousand um, dollars. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Anyway. Give us some money through this, and we'll maybe get. We could do CBR.com/slash/a, and so you give us enough money to buy CBR.com, and we'll make your Amazon referral like even easier. Yes. But anyway, yeah, that's what we want you to do. We want you just to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, do your Amazon shopping, and it costs you nothing more, and we get a cut of what you spend. And uh, it really, it, you know, it, it supports the show. It, mm-hmm. it, it is able to pay for all the beers that we drink these days. And uh, new equipment that we get yeah, yeah. Uh, to, you know, to expand the shows, do the extra things that we're trying to do. We're trying to get more people on. Uh, and you know we want to do more shows like Tommy Arthur show mm-hmm. and like the Lou and Scott show could have been yeah <laughs> we don't want to do more shows like that one but we're going to do them better yeah alright so thanks everyone and uh, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon mmm grapefruit it's not too acidic. Like, yeah. You know, like some people don't like grapefruit juice, right? Because it's too acidic. Um, because they use just the rinds, you get all those great essential oils and not the acidity of the drink. Absolutely. So, uh, but there'll be people that'll like this that hate grapefruit, I think. Unless you hate the grapefruit. Unless you just hate grapefruit as right. a you know, flavor. But and someone who doesn't hate grapefruit, someone who likes citrus but grapefruit finds grapefruit too intense. I, I mean, this like is this. very much like a grapefruity hop. It's just a, it's a little stronger in terms of the actual grapefruit flavor. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's sort of similar in the way it's given because, yeah, it doesn't have the citric acid. It doesn't have the... It works really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that grapefruit would work well with a hoppy IPA, but... You don't see a lot of people putting citrus fruits, like yeah. real straight-up fruits in their beers. When you do, it's typically on the rim of the glass, and I typically pull it off, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Although, I mean, nowadays, not necessarily. Nowadays, I'll, I'll put the... I still pull it off, even for a half a Weizen or something. It depends. If I had the half a lot, you know, if it's the first time, then I will... Try it without mm-hmm. it. But, you know, hey, you know, I'll try a Blue Moon with an orange in it. I don't see a problem with that. All right. You ready to move on to the next beer? Mm-hmm. All right. So this next one is from Urban Chestnut Brewing Company. They're in St. Louis. And uh, we received this beer from the brewery just the other day. This is their STLIPA. Stilipa. Urban Chestnut, um, one of our uh, one of our favorite people is the brewer there. Friend of the brewery, yeah, yeah. So a uh, little background on Urban Chestnut. Urban Chestnut's in St. Louis, and one of the owner's brewers is Florian Coupland. And we first met Florian as one of the um, brewers that was able to talk to the press at Anheuser-Busch, right? At the very first Anheuser-Busch thing about Anheuser-Busch thing. We had him on a radio inter- or phone interview once, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I'm not sure if that was before. I after. think it was before. Yeah, it might have been. And then we met him. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that was back when AB was doing some more crafty things, right? And Florian was in charge of that. And then he was actually uh, in charge of the yeast, that yeast propagation lab, the thing with the OC last year. And then he left to go start Urban Chestnut. And... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean he's he's doing great out there. It seems it seems like they've uh, when we visited them last we, when we went to Anheuser Busch the one night we mm-hmm. went out to dinner on the way back we kind of coerced the the van driver yeah <laughs> to drop us off at, drop us off at Urban Chestnut and it was funny there was what probably ten people in the van and only three of us like like we were trying like come yeah. on let's go let's was it go. Gerald who came with us it was Gerard yeah, yeah Gerard yeah. Yeah, it was just three people who uh, came to Urban Chestnut with us, and they showed us around. It was like late night. Like this is the the, the third shift brewer was there, and uh, he kind of showed us around and whatnot. It was really cool, and uh, yeah. So hit up Florian, and they sent us a nice. If you look on Twitter, they sent us like probably like eight or nine different beers. So you'll be hearing a fair amount of Urban Chestnut on the show as we work through some of our uh, review samples. This is the STL IPA, St. Louis IPA. Uh, it's a double IPA, eight percent alcohol by volume, eighty or sorry, sixty IBUs. Hops that are used are U.S. Cascade, U.S. Tetanang, U.S. Chinook, U.S. Columbus, U.S. Willamette, and U.S. Mount Hood, all United States hops. And the malts that are used are Pale Ale and Munich. So uh, they have two series at Urban Chestnut. They have the Reverence series. And uh, Nate uh, Brinson sent me an email here. He's like, the Reverend series is our celebration of beer's heritage, brewing classically crafted, timeless European beer styles. And these are things like their uh, unfiltered Bavarian lager, mm-hmm. Bavarian Weiss beer, their Berliner Weiss, their German pills, and they include a barrel-aged barley wine in that list. Uh, and then they have the Revolution series. And this is their chestnut well, Barley wine is an old style. It's just... Well, yeah. Barrel age, especially if it's like a bourbon barrel age, that's not necessarily a classic thing. Now, if it's a union barrel age, then yeah, that's more classic, right? Uh, but the Revolution series, and this is part of the Revolution series, so we have the STL IPA, double IPA. They, they say they pronounce it Stalipa, Stalipa, but you can pronounce it how you like. All right. Uh, winged Nut, which is a chestnut ale. Fantasyland, which is their uh, West Coast IPA. I believe on the label they call it like a, a mid-coast IPA or something like that, right? Because they're kind of saying they're not on the West Coast. And then they have the uh, STL pills, the Stelly pills or something like that. Oh, no, it's not STL. I'm sorry. It's SLI pills. And that's their Imperial Pilsner. Those are Revolution series. So, yeah, this is, like I said, part of the Revolution series. Another thing they do is their packaging is non-standard, right? Their package is a 500 mil bottle. It, you know, Florian's from Bavaria. Mm-hmm. This kind of looks like a uh, Weinstefan bottle or something like that, yeah. right? You know, so it has on the shelf in the St. Louis area, this thing's going to look different than all the other beers around it. It kind of looks like a smaller version of a big malt liquor bottle, right? I mean, because <laughs> well, the, the, the yeah, slope on the shoulder, the slope, yeah. Right. The slope on the shoulder kind of looks a little bit like a... Uh, it looks like it's modeled after a 40 a little bit, yeah. And it's, this is 500 milliliters as mm-hmm. opposed to the standard, I think, what is it, three-something in these? 330 is like yeah. 12 ounces. 335, well, yeah. well, if you want to talk ounces, it says here it's one pint, 0.9 fluid ounces, so it's almost 17 ounces. And this is 12 fluid ounces, 355 milliliters in the standard bottle. Yeah. Ding. All right, so Stilipa. Stalipa. Stalipa. The beer pours uh, slightly cloudy. It's a bronze color. Obviously, they recommend it in a glass similar to ours, but 
Yeah. Again, we drink these uh, in the Spielglau. In the Spielglau glasses. Linked on our website. If you are looking for them, you can get those on the Amazon store. Great glasses. Really. I find myself using other glasses less and less. Yeah. There's a lot of orange to me coming through in the aroma. I'm having a hard time getting a ton of aroma off of it. I think, you know, later in the flight here, I'm a little a little bit fried. I wonder if the grapefruit kind of burned out some of our receptors because yeah. that was pretty strong. But the flavor, the flavor is not washed out, right? I'm still able to taste the beer, which is good, even though I'm not smelling too much. Mm. Mm. So, the first thing you notice here, it's it's a neat combination, right? Because you get pretty hefty malt backbone to it, but yeah. it's 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 a very crisp malt. It's not really big and toasty or crusty. It's more like uh, I don't want to describe this one. It's a pretzel like. Pretzel-like, maybe. I was thinking more like the, instead of the crusty part of of, of French bread or something, it's more like the inside part of a French bread, right? Um, Let me take another sip here. Hmm. Yeah, a little, I think a little pretzel, a little maybe sourdough-ish. The hops are this really... Um, they're they're more um, more melon. Oh yeah, yeah. Melon's a good way to call it. There's a kind of a honeydew. Mm-hmm. They're you know pretty juicy, but they're in that they're far away from the the, the citrus area, and not and not as far away, but mm-hmm. still far away from the tropical. But yeah, honeydew, cantaloupe, those kind of things. It's really not bitter. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Surprisingly unbitter, actually. Very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Went through my sample a little quickly there. I'm going to pour a little bit more. Nice thing about those bottles is there is there is more. Yes. There is more. Hmm. I I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, back to the aroma. A touch of orange. Almost had a wisp of pear, but probably not. Not sure if that was a real thing or me dreaming. Yeah, it sounds a little dreamlike, but the reason the reason I mentioned it is, I mean, who knows? Some of these fleeting aromas may be valid, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just qualifying it as a. It may have been there. Well, I always tell people when I'm drinking with them, there's no wrong answer. Yeah, it, it, it's all valid. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you know, don't don't question yourself as what you're smelling. What you're smelling is what you're smelling. Just see if you can describe it and and pull it out. So yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like I'm trying to like sum up this beer, you know, because I don't think we've done a great job of really. Tying it together, you know, we are the, five pulling but, beers into an but, IPA. Show. I know, but pulling the threads back together so the people listening yeah. have an idea of what we're talking about about this beer. So let's try to pull it together real quick. Let's say that you know the beer, the aroma is still 
it's a, it's a kind of a multi aroma that for me I'm, maybe because of the flight I'm not getting a ton of hops on the aroma yeah and then when you get into the flavor you get a little bit of hops up front um, kind of a almost feels like an English style maybe a bit of continental but it's not too spicy right and then it goes into the breadiness that sourdough pretzel uh, or inside of a French bread like an inside of a baguette type thing and then you get a little bit more bitterness on the end let me take another sip here to refresh my memory there's a almost like a what are those called? There's almost like a, a juicy burst in there too. Like it's not really so much a flavor, but it's more of a mouthfeel type thing. I'm getting this, you know, this like nice juicy burst, almost like when, oh, what are those called? The, um, there are fruit, shoot. Um, Pomegranate? No, no, no. These little things are kind of like grapes, but they come like peeled and canned and they're, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I don't want to waste time here. They're grapes, but they're, they're peeled. Kind of like grapes. Uh, someone's yelling at the radio and everyone else is like, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if I come back to it. Peeled and canned? Yeah, they, they serve them on salads. Um, oh, darn. Artichokes? No, 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 no. It, it's fleshy like a grape, like a peeled grape. Um, what are you talking about? I'll think of it, but I don't want to tie up the the air trying to come they up. With serve it. them on salads. It's one of the places I've had them. Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue now. It's uh... no, I'm interested now. You can't, you can't quit this. No, we can't tie up the air on this. <laughs> let me just let me come. I'll write it down. All right. I'll say the the peeled grape thingy, and we'll figure it out in the post show. All right, I'll, I'll write down peeled grapes on salads. We'll be able to figure it out from that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we have one more beer. Believe it or not, I can't believe it. Frankly, uh, we, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Leave this one to the professionals, folks. All right. This is the Wrought Iron IPA that was sent to us by Abita. Thank you, Abita. 6.9% alcohol vibes. We're ending on a low note. <laughs> <laughs> that That's that's our stellar planning in yeah. action right there. Uh, 80 IBUs. 9 on the SRM color chart. 209 calories. 17 grams of much of carbs. This is beer, after all. Uh, two grams of protein. Total fat, zero. Of course, but now... Mm. But see, that's the thing. Everyone, you know, like... I, I try to explain to people. Everyone's like, oh, fit, look at the fat, look at the fat. No, you don't look at the fat. Fat's actually good for you. It's the carbs that are bad for you. That's the new thing that everyone... Mm-hmm. And it'll change in 20 years, too. We'll be like, oh, protein? Why'd you eat that? <laughs> so, I mean, come on, the food pyramid's already dead, right? That yeah. was all carbs at the bottom, right? Right. Or right above veggies was carbs. Yeah. Now it's like, no, eat a couple sticks of butter and meat. <laughs> and a bunch of meat. Yeah, yeah and like, you know, have a little bit of starch. 
Okay. So, wrought iron is the IPA. Is yours cloudy or was just because I got the bottom half? That's no, fairly cloudy. Pretty cloudy. Fairly cloudy. Can't see your fingers through the glass. It is a, and it's not, they're all, I mean, they're all IPAs and they're all bronzy pretty much. This one's another bronze color. So, in their description, they use, uh, they like it. I'm going to read their description because they, they like the, the imagery a lot. Uh, this India Pale Ale is forged with the intensity of Apollo Equinox and Mosaic Hops. Brewed with pale ale malt for a golden color as bright as iron from a fiery forge. He's forged twice in two sentences. No, good for them. It is the wrought iron IPA. That's a copywriter trying to earn their keep. Well, it is registered trademark, wrought iron. Believe it or not. So what were the hops again? Apollo Equinox? Apollo Equinox and Mosaic. Now, Mosaic, okay. I, I know of Mosaic hops... I believe I've heard of Apollo. I don't I've know not heard Equinox. I've not heard of Equinox, no. Um, actually, I did have a Mosaic beer earlier today, and I believe it was probably all Mosaic. So a Mosaic gave it a lot of um, a lot of mango, touch oniony, those kinds of things. That's what I got in the other beer that I had, which was the Shoe Brew uh, Marathon Mosaic. This, this this smells like the dankest one we've had so far. Mm-hmm. So this one has a hops and the aroma are right on. They're not, they're bursting out of the glass. Yeah, very resiny. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, I'm almost getting like something that you would think of like a, a hop candy, right? Like almost yeah. like a hard candy. It's a very sweet aroma. It's pretty sulfury in that hop way, and I don't mean like sulfury like mm-hmm. a DMS thing, but sulfury like a a really dank sulfury hop. So it's very uh, very smelly. There's a lot of sweetness in there too. Still, like that's why I'm. Oh, it just changed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I really like the smell of this one. I mean, we. I haven't had so Abita. You got the website up there. Mm-hmm. They used to do an IPA called Giacomo. Mm. Is that still on there, or did this replace it? Is this a seasonal? What's the difference? Yeah, they still have the uh, Giacomo. Okay. It's been a while since I've had that one. I don't remember that one as being nearly as uh, aromatic as this one. So I would, you know, I mean, more people, more places now are, are coming out with not just one, but, you know, two. Three IPAs. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, it, so I totally understand mm-hmm. that, that, you know, it, it's not just, you just have, you yeah, know, one of every type of beer. Is your, your classic standards. IPA. You got your experimental A, your experimental B. Mm-hmm. I mean, Great Lakes is doing that, right? They got Rye the Tiger. They got Lake Erie Monster. They got Commodore. Commodore Perry yeah. IPA still got Burning River, which is a pretty hoppy pale ale. Mm-hmm. I've I've always had that one as a borderline IPA anyway. I'm compared to the other ones that this one, the first thought in my mind was this this is a little more aqueous than the others. Really, mm-hmm. I think this one's standing up. 
sitting a fully with the rest of the flight. Um, no, but the, the 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 hop difference is much is 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 very strong. I mean, the, the okay, the flavors that it's giving is totally different, but it just feels it, it's a little bit less uh, less mouth feel than the others, which yeah. is okay. I might have to disagree with you on this one. I think this right. one. So let me. I'm going to step back, kind of start at the the edge and work my way in. Gonna need another sip here. So take a sip, and you get some kind of florally, citrusy hops. The very beginning, and then the kind of malt kind of goes over your tongue, and that's kind of a uh, biscuity, maybe. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, biscuits, and then kind of the bitterness sits in the back part of your tongue a little bit more, and then some of the some of the citrusy comes back through, and uh, I don't know, I've, mm. but I th- I think this one is. I mean, compared to what I remember Giacomo being, this is this is a beer. I mean, this is this is a really bringing it. What are those flavors? What are those hot flavors? Okay, that what is Apollo Equinox and Mosaic bringing us? There's definitely some kind of interesting. So. It's definitely, I would say, a little bit more dank than Mosaic does yeah. on its own, right? Uh, so I don't know if the Apollo or the Equinox is doing that, but one of those is bringing it a little more dank and musty than the Mosaic typically is all by itself. Because the Mosaic by itself is typically like a big mango uh, passion fruit type thing. mm and it's not that I'm getting a little bit of, of vanilla, but I'm also getting uh, some things that remind me of a very sweet tomato. And um, you know, bordering on, it's not exactly there, but it's bordering on a strawberry just a bit. Okay. And, hmm. And there's some tangerine there too. Mm-hmm. It these are all very different. Yeah. So well, I mean, actually, I, I, they're not all very different. But I'm kind of I'm kind of happy. You know, yeah. we've said before that we'll never do an all IPA show again. We've had serious problems with palate fatigue. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think tonight was any kind of disaster. I, I no. think that. It worked. We were able to to taste all the beers. Um, If anything suffered due to the flight, it was the straight-up ballast point, right? The straight-up ballast point was a little unexciting after the stone. Yeah. But, you know, the the grapefruit uh, sculpin stood up, you know. Absolutely. It it definitely... uh, and And then even that, even though we went to, you know, the... The urban chestnut and the abita after those that you know those giant flavors they were still going to get through them. So I'm, I'm I don't know I'm patting myself on the back I guess, but <laughs> I'm happy that we got through the IPA flight and don't regret um, trying to do another IPA show. 
So, ranking. 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 So, I, so from, I'm just going to talk it through as I figure it out, right? I think I do have to put the, the regular Sculpin mm-hmm. at the at the bottom of the list tonight. Um, it could have been because of, of Stone's, uh, you know, going right after Stone. But I think it was a good drinker. It just, for some reason, the aroma was really closed off, right? It really wasn't giving me any hops on the nose that I could really discern. And uh, it wasn't quite as bright and juicy as... Uh, I was expecting a little more resiny. Uh, yeah, sure. Put that one in fifth place. In fourth place. Hmm. Or sixth place. Or let's see, how many we got here? That, that would be numbers. Place. Yeah. One, two, three. No, that six. was sixth place, yeah. right? So in fifth place, I think I'm gonna put the urban chestnut. The Stalipa. Um, beer was quite enjoyable. Um, I liked how it was a little more subdued, but still brought some flavors, right? Right. Um, just, you know, comparing it against these other beers, the competition's quite stacked. So I, I don't think any of these beers should be penalized for having a low ranking tonight. No, not at it's all. Just, they're, they're all very, very good beers. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's our shtick to rank. It's our shtick, right? <laughs> right. We're not giving them scores, we're giving them ranks. Right. And, uh, yeah, so it's in fifth place in enjoyability. But, you know, don't don't let that color your perception. If you see it and you don't see the four beers that we're going to put above it, you know, right beside them, you know, go for <laughs> it, right? Um, now, yeah, I'm going to put the Abita... In fourth place, the Rot Iron IPA. I enjoyed that quite a bit. It's uh, it definitely raised my opinion of what I expect out of a beta. Um, and you know, it's that whole never write off a brewery thing. So I'm kind of thinking I want to go back and try more betas. You know, sure, because really we haven't done them too much lately. We, I think we've done Giacomo and Turbo Dog recently. That's probably about it. Um, so I'm gonna check out more beta. I think that was a nice one. Uh, I'm going to put the Ballantine in third place. Um, really surprised me. I was, wasn't was expecting something so hoppy and uh, bitter mm-hmm. in this classic recreation beer that, you know, has been recreated by Pabst, right? I expected something more tame because of the era it came from. Yes. You know, and that's not saying anything about what Pabst was doing or what um you know they could or could not recreate it but i was assuming they were trying to be historical and making the beer that was and i was i'm really surprised that the beer that was is this beer yeah that that it brought as much as it did and then in second place i'm going to do the grapefruit sculpin i think that was really neat i think it was kind of a uh Great use of of grapefruit rind, grapefruit zest in a beer. It had this this Rattler thing. It didn't have the acidity that grapefruit has. It was a really interesting flavor. And then really the Stone Enjoy by that brought some awesome flavors tonight. It sure did. I mean, it was so bright. It, it had such a such a, a resolution of of the different flavors that you could really dig into it and really pick out some great flavors. And maybe that's part of the the thing. Maybe it's not marketing. Maybe when you drink the beer fresh, you get this stuff. And if we reviewed the same beer on December 27th, we wouldn't be as excited about it. 
I don't know. I would tonight, tend to doubt that, but... I, I'm just saying I don't know. I'm just saying tonight, this beer was awesome. It was pretty awesome. So that's my ranking. Here, turn the labels around so Greg can have a visual tool to... <clears throat> So I think that I mostly agree with your. There's a slight change um, in terms of the order, but it's not that big. It's really for me, Sculpin is is in last place. But I think that had to do with it being very similar to Enjoy By, which it's kind of strange because um, I think that both you and I are putting Enjoy By as number one and Sculpin number. <laughs> it was number so six. close that <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I think for me the biggest detriment was that it's the aroma was closed off. Yeah. And there wasn't any really bright flavors in the flavor. I, it was but again, I mean it was a very good beer. It was just these were all very good beers. So right. the ranking like I said is just a shtick. My number 5 is going to be the Abita. I still have it in my glass. I I liked it, but um, I, I kind of felt it was a little, uh, a little bit aqueous to me. Who knows? We didn't all feel the same way about it. Number four is going to be the Urban Chestnut. Um, and it really all you know, number one through four were all really close to each other. I really enjoyed them all. I could have easily switched them all out and, and put them a different as number one. Any of the num- any of those mm-hmm. could have easily been number one for me tonight. So just the way I, I decided to go. Urban Chestnut number um, three, Ballantine. Wow, <laughs> that's a really good beer. If that was what they were making, making the you know, eighteen sixties, eighteen yeah, eighteen seventy six. That's awesome. But uh, my number two is like Jeff can be the grapefruit sculpin, and uh, number one is Stone because uh, they managed to do it without putting grapefruit in there. So. Devastatingly fresh, as they say on the label. And on the back is, there's no better time than right now to enjoy this beer. Wow. So enjoy it right now, because you don't have much of a chance. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty bad, isn't it? Oh, it's terrible. That's the worst song ever. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out what that means. If you'd like to contact us, there are several ways. Uh, the best way is on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bearer. I am at CBR Greg. And if you want to contact us via email, it's beer at craftbeerradio.com. And I just made a change last night. So you may have noticed if you're a Twitter follower that the Craft Beer Radio Twitter account has been a lot more active posting things. And last night I finally... I've been retweeting stuff that you've posted. Well, it depends on which one I tweet first, right? <laughs> Actually, I t- if it's a beer thing, I typically post it on the CBR account mm. and then retweet it on my account because there's a lot of craft beer radio listeners who are following me and are not following the CBR account yet. Um, but now the CBR tweets will go to our CB- craft beer radio Facebook page. So now there's... Fantastic. Yeah, so now there's going to be... Come on, it's been over a year since the Craft Beer Radio Facebook page has been updated. So at least now it's going to be at least getting some content. Is it going to our Google Plus page as well? No. There's no <laughs> API for Google Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So. We need an Instagram account so we can post all the pictures. 
But there's pictures in Twitter now. What do you need Instagram for? I don't know. It's another yet another social network for us to be. <laughs> oh, you're just being an a hole. I see. All right. Well, no. I mean, I actually use Instagram. I think it's cool. Uh, you have to teach me about why Instagram's cool now that right. Twitter has native photos. But anyway, Santa baby, hurry down the chimney tonight. Thanks everyone for listening. This song is the worst song ever. I wouldn't go that far. Wait, so he's selling your stuff? <laughs> he's buying your stuff? I don't, I don't know. I just know the song sucks. I, <laughs> Sign your... He's, what is he doing? Santa, no, no!